Hello, people, and welcome to episode three of the Come Along Pond podcast with your hosts... Damla! And Elliot. Oh, mate. Mate! It's the third one. It's... Do you know what? Three is the magic number. And I don't want to dampen your very high spirits, but I regret to inform you. It's the end of the world. Oh... Well, I mean, I think we had we had a good run. Three episodes of a... Well, no, two and a half episodes. Two and a half episodes. Yeah. Only two proper ones before yeah. the world ended. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know you were going to make that joke, actually. That was hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to make that joke. Well, there you go. It's off the cuff. I'm a maverick broadcaster. <laughs> that actually caught me off guard. That was actually brilliant. That was really good. <laughs> Unfortunately, unlike last time, we have less housekeeping to go through. You know the spiel by now, what we're about, who we are and what we do. And what we do is news. We do news. News, not nudes. News. Occasionally those, but we do news. (laughs) It's a live broadcast straight from Satellite 5. Well, it's it's an odd one because we have news and we don't have news. Exactly. Last week, we did our inaugural episode and we didn't have news. Yes. And we said that we were building the whole news system structure around the announcement of the 14th Doctor. Yeah. In between episode one and episode two being recorded, they announced the 14th Doctor. They did indeed. So we have a special second episode all about our ramblings and thoughts on Shuti Gatwa being cast as the 14th Doctor. We're yeah. very excited. You can go listen to that. Um, and other than that, there is no news. Yeah. No big news. Lots of nice individual things. I mean... All the other doctors wishing Shooty well. Yeah, let's. Can we just discuss Sylvester McCoy? What? I I love Sylvester McCoy. I have so much time for that individual. Like, it's not even funny. Like, just uh, I can't. It's the hand on the lapels. It's it's the low angle, which is giving very much uncle. Estranged uncle on Facebook. Yeah, like sending you like a doing like FaceTime for Christmas. Yeah. And it's amazing. And I can't even do a good Sylvester McCoy, but just the rolling of the hours and everything, it's amazing. And it's the Shorty Gatwa. Yeah, like straight away, it's just like, <laughs> I'd, like I'd like to welcome Shorty Gatwa. It's just very amazing. It's a fellow Scott, hey. Yeah, I just love it. It was so, do you know what it was? It was just, they don't need to do that. They really don't no. actually need to do that. Like, you know, oh my God, I was really about to, I was really about to say, Patrick Troughton didn't do one, and I was like, "Damn it, he's dead." He would, he would struggle. <laughs> he would really struggle. No, guys, I actually nearly, I was actually thinking that. You should. should have I forget that they de- that they're dead. I forget that the. I mean, I think we do forget how lucky we are that there's only only two previous Doctor actors have now passed away. We've well, got every single Doctor except for the first two. Well, no, John Pertwee's dead, babe. Except for the first three. <laughs> Did you not know that? No, I did. Did I just break that to you? Live no, no, on air, except oh, it's not live. No, no, I knew he was. I knew he was dead. I just. Um, oh my I, god! I just, I just don't <laughs> like. I just don't like John Pertwee. <sighs> you don't like John Pertwee? What? That's fine. No, it's, Wait, it's, why? I love John Pertwee. I just when look when when this reaches its natural sad end and we have to start talking about the classic era, and you will very quickly learn that I don't like I don't like the John Pertwee era. I just kind of forget about it. That it oh, just, okay, fine. I thought you mean didn't like the actor. Like, what, I like, what did love he do? John Pertwee. Okay, I good. grew up watching Words of Gummage. Okay, great. This okay. is so not news. This is so not news. <laughs> um, another thing, quickly. Um, yeah. Matt Smith, 
his response, I loved it when he was like, it's an inspired bit of casting. I was like, that's really sweet. So the only two I saw were Sylvester McCoy's and Colin Baker's. Colin Baker, bless him. Amazing, misspelling his name. Misspelling his name. Instead of deleting and re-upping the tweet, just replying, apologising and saying that he has cataracts. And (laughs) I don't even know what cataracts is. It's 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 an eye problem, babe. Oh, sorry, I'm actually screaming. That's so funny. Wow. I love him so much. I love him, but it's the fact he was like, you could call me. What was it? Oh, he was like Dolin. Dolin. Yeah. Fucking hell. (laughs) The energy, the vibes are immaculate, guys. Where's David Tennant at? Yeah, it's very strange. That's the real question. Like Georgia has given a reaction. Yeah. I mean, Georgia Tennant. I'm sorry, Georgia Tennant runs this, runs the show. Oh, let's be real. Yeah, if you want to know anything about David Tennant's life, you have to be following. No, no, she runs the world. Did you not know? Oh no, I didn't know that. No. No, she. Well, there you go. Well, it's about to end. Who gives a shit? But you know. Yeah, I don't care now. You might as well know about our Lord and Savior, Georgia Tennant. Yeah. Oh, she can pay me for this podcast then. Exactly. Do you know what, guys? Send us some money. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Send us money. And, but and, also, do if you want to. <laughs> no, with, don't. And with that amazing plug, that's the end of the Patented Satellite 5 news segment. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. If you are an alien, how come you sound like you're from the North? Lots of planets have a North. Is that a tribal physical waveform macrokinetic extrapolator? Couldn't have put it better myself. I mean, you can smell the testosterone. Go to your room! She's an egg. She's an egg. Better to die than live like you, a bitchy trampoline. Fantastic. Fantastic. Fantastic! Absolutely fantastic. Off we go into time and space! So today on the show we are talking about episode two of series one, Doctor Who, The End of the World, aired on the 2nd of April 2005. It was directed by Eurus Lynn. Bitch! Heart of Heartstopper fame, Eurus Lynn. Actually, when I say bitch, I don't mean he's a bitch, as in, like, he's the bitch, you know? He's, yeah, yeah. And if you haven't... I know you've not seen it, if you haven't seen Heartstopper, amazing. Glad that he's still getting work. Yeah. He's a great director. Love yeah. you, Ross. And, of course, written by our father. Son and the Holy Ghost. Who are in heaven. <laughs> I'm not religious. <laughs> We're both not religious. None of us have no religion at all. If there's a man who could convert me to God, my God, it'd be Russell T. Davis. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's written by Rusty. I feel like this might be a controversial record. It, I think it might be. So we're going to see how it goes. So, Elliot, pal. Yes. I was about to say another way to say friend in a different way, and I can't think uh, of one. Amigo. Amigo, compadre. Is that Chum. the right? Chum. 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 I love that. Okay, anyway. As you as you will know if you've listened to our two episodes, and if you haven't, what you're doing, get on it. Yeah, why start um, on episode three? Why start on episode three? Why being that person? Get to the start, you bastard. Anyway, <laughs> so what we like to do here is we like to give each other the opportunity to explain what we think the episode's about. Or if someone hadn't heard of what the episode was about and they were asking us what it was about, what we would say. So, chum, over to you. Um, I was, you know, I tried to pre-think of this earlier whilst watching the episode, and I thought, no, because that's going to take the spontaneity out of it. Exactly. 
And we're all about spontaneity here. Yeah. <clears throat> so I would say the first time that spiders are brought back to Doctor Who... No, 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 that's not a plot summary. That's just me moaning about how I like spider episodes and we don't get them anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of John Pertwee again. Planet of the Spiders, great story. Um, no one cares, though. Um, Stay on topic. Stay on topic. <laughs> <laughs> I love a topic. I love a topic. Oh, I don't see them much anymore. I love a topic. <laughs> <laughs> We're very sober. Can I just say that right now? I feel like we sound like we've had a bit to drink. We yeah, haven't. I've just, I, I just had lots of sugar. I've been at work all day. I don't. I've, I didn't have time to drink. I've just eaten so, dinner. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. The... The, do- the Doctor takes Rose on a very first adventure to encounter one of the Doctor's new terrifying adversaries. 2005 BBC budget CGI. Oh! <laughs> Brilliant. How do I Thanks. top that? Yeah, I don't um, know. I, if, I, if it was me and you were asking me to explain this episode, I would say... That's good, because I am. That's part of the Oh, my format. God. How funny. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to ask me, I would say... It's really about climate change. It's trees are a massive, massive topic. And we need to look after the planet. That's what it's about. We need to look after the planet. But also, inevitably, what it actually is about, what I'm trying to get to, is that we all die. And that's okay. Because, chips. (laughs) Uh, You went highbrow, I went lowbrow. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Oh dear! I mean, also, you know, I don't don't want to I don't want to dive straight in, but I mean, like, super super massive red flag if your second date with a guy is that he takes you to witness the destruction of your planet and potentially entire species. Literally, yeah. massive red flag. Massive red flag. Yeah, awful, awful. Just awful. What a terrible, why? What a terrible man. What a te- men. 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 Disgusting. So yeah, I think we should dive. Straight into the episode. We know who directed it. We know when it aired. We know who wrote it. We know what it's about. So let's talk about it. The, the, the way they were flirting at the start of the episode, let's talk about that. That was a flirting moment. Oh, definitely, yeah. And, like, he, being the Doctor, is so totally showing off. It's not even funny how much he's showing off. I just, I love... I love the one of the things that doesn't come back actually sort of ever really is that it seems like he needs that spinny ball that he has in his hand to be able to manipulate time. Yeah. But for some reason he's got it out in his hand and he puts it in the console and then it just stays there forever. Yeah, literally. Um, but I love that. I love that. Yeah, he's, they go to a hundred years in the future, then a thousand years, and it's. I love it. It's like it's like oh, you thought we were going to Southend for our date this weekend. I'm going you to Whitstable, babe. This. Which which one's the good one in that scenario? Whitstable. Okay. Come on, get with it. I mean, I've been to Whitstable. I've not been to Whitstable, but I I I come from Southend. Southend's all right. It's pretty horrible. I was lying. Yes, it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, it's really really horrible. Although I would I would take you there for <clears> chips after making you witness the end of your entire civilization. I really appreciate that. You're Thank welcome. you, Chum. You're welcome. Um. <laughs> but um. <laughs> One thing I really liked was that, was it, okay, because I have the note here. Okay. The planet is part of the National Trust. Yeah. That's flipping hilarious. There's lots of very, very good 
odd sort of little world buildy sci-fi yeah. things in this that are just kind of strange and it's very russell t davis yeah just mentioning contemporary things but giving them a kind of sci-fi twist that's sort of funny yeah absolutely but yeah i mean i i think i don't know i don't know i don't know what you think about this i think it could have been quite fun if that start bit of the tardis maybe if we just seen a look what does the year 100 look like she yeah just a head out the door but i don't think they have the time or the budget no but probably it not fun it would have been fun to see in my opinion so one thing i loved the main thing I loved in the opening of this episode was the Doctor's pure glee at just watching someone's reaction to things. It's like that thing where, like, you know when you show your best friend a film that you really love and you're just watching their reaction, like, looking at them and then looking at the screen and then looking at them? It's like that. That, like, that's, yeah. that was him for the first ten minutes of the episode. Like and when you showed me I Love You, Philip Morris. Yes. Yeah. Such a good film. Yeah. Such a good film. And I, like you know, that's exactly what he was doing with Rose. Like, the way the aliens are walking in as they're being introduced, and Rose is like, the, f- the flip, flip is going on? And the, the Doctor's like, it's great. It's so great. It's so, it's so great. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it's like meeting your boyfriend's like, friend group for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, these look like the worst people. And he's just like, oh, look how cool these guys are. I love them. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't know. And I think what I like is, again, something I mentioned in when we were when we were reviewing Rose is her, how realistic her reactions are. Like, she's so overwhelmed. Like, she's like, mm. she's not actually that excited. She's actually a bit like, this is a bit real now. Like, I'm literally gajillion years in the future. That's not a word, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes off to that room and Nine follows her and then, like, kind of... I don't know how this was supposed to help, actually, so maybe this is a criticism, but giving your phone... Zapping, you know, sonicking her phone and then calling your mum in the present day, that would freak me out even more. I'd be like, I'm having an existential crisis. Yeah, it's not... It's it's a nice move, but it's not a good move, really. No, but she seemed Um, to enjoy it, so... I mean, because we get more Camille Kaduri and... Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Just amazing performance, amazing performance. Um, I love her so much. But yeah, like the whole start the whole start of the episode is totally chaotic. Um, I think something that I really enjoy mm. as a nerd, yeah. as, a, as a dweeb, we, and dweeb, this, yeah. is not, this is not a point that I have thought of on my own and i can't remember where i first heard it so apologies yeah but it's someone that's not me <laughs> but it stuck with me yes is that what i really like about revival who and it's because this is the first episode where you get it happen is the first like two minutes before you get the opening credits replaces what used to be episode one of a complete serial from the original run yeah like if end of the world took place in the 60s Episode one would be you'd be following the steward and he'd be talking about the party and things that are coming. And then, like, ten minutes in, you'd see the Doctor and Rose and the whole yeah. thing would be set in the TARDIS. Then they'd land on the space station towards the end and they'd have the little conversation and then the, and then the steward would reveal that they're going to watch the end of the world and then it'd be like, tune in next week. Whereas you yeah. get that in two minutes and it's so much nicer. It's just, it's quick, it's fast. It's so snappy. It doesn't take 25 minutes. It just gets it done. We're out of there. Into the... Best opening credits that the show's ever had. Like, welcome to the end of the world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just the best. The, the best. The best. 
Yeah. And, yeah, but I want to talk about the design of these creatures. You know, like, is it Hawks of Balboon? I don't flipping know how you so, say it. The, fi- the figure that no one bought in Woolworths, that one, where it was always in Woolworths and Toys R Us and no one bought it. Okay, that so I had, a, I had a Mox Balhoon toy. But that's because you're a pick-me, so... <laughs> <laughs> a joke, I feel, a joke. I feel like I don't like... The hot, hot take, who cares? I don't like this episode. Um, but I have strong ties <laughs> to the Mox Balhoon as a character yeah. because I used to have the action figure. Yeah, that, but I, no uh, one bought it, though. But... Also, probably one of the best alien designs in the episode. No, a hundred percent. That's the like thing, though. Can... That's what confuses me. Because you can tell that you get like the forest of Cheem, and you go, "Oh, that's a really cool design." You get the mock of Balhoon, and you go, "That's a really cool design." You got the face of Bo, and you go, "That's a really cool design." Then it's just the BBC costume warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Like yeah. until you get Cassandra, then it's like another cool design. But yeah, those middle ones are all just. Some That's the thing. Intern searching through BBC storage. And I'll say, with is it trees? Is that what they're called? Yeah, I, I can't. I, the I forest of cheem trees. I don't flipping. Yeah, and I couldn't remember her name, and I felt really bad. So she used. I'm going to look it up. The tree in my notes. The trees of cheem. That's what they're called. I feel like that's a very David Tennant thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten's reaction yeah, would have been like, you know, like Ooh, the tree, the trees of cheem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Love it. Yeah. But, um... Jadoon platooned upon the moon. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but, yeah, I love... I think the makeup on the trees of Cheem are, are actually really good. And I think it really holds... Yeah. Up, except for her chest. Her chest is very wrinkly. Mm. You can tell it's all one piece and it's not blended properly. But that's by the by. Um, I think... I think this whole episode is an exercise in practical effects being better than... CGI, absolutely. Not in, a, not in a not in an absolutist way. I'm not saying that you know CGI is not good. CGI is amazing, but like the implementation of makeup and things in this episode, genuinely good and believable. The CGI, uh, you know, I, it's fine. It's what it is. I don't have a problem with it, but it looks so much worse than like like the tree people still hold up to this day. Yeah, the spiders don't, for instance. Oh, the spiders, like. It's just a shame, I think. That... It is a shame. And what's the ones that are like... They've got, like, narrow, pointy heads, long noses. What are they called? They're, they're like, on the side and... Not, they like, has one of them got, like, a sort of weirdly hairy face? I think so. Because I, I don't know what they're called because I wasn't listening. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but... They remind me of, and I'm so sorry. I'm so, so, so sorry, because this is for me <laughs> and maybe one other person out there. They look like the Sensorites from the Sensorites. What Doctor and story is that? That's a William Hartnell. That's first series Doctor Who's Sensorites. And I've never seen it, but I know what the Sensorites look like. And they look like sensorites. I don't know if it's again. That's one of those things, though, where it's probably not even. If it's a reference, probably not even purposeful. Again, it's probably just like you know. I want this like filthy old fucking wrinkly mask we've got sitting around because no one else is using it. And they're like, oh yeah, go on. Then we've this week our budget is fifty p in a paperclip. Like, <laughs> you know. I'm dying. We're on fire today, aren't we? For fuck's sake. Uh, much like the Earth. 
top 10 we're, you can't see us but we're grooving and moving yeah we're hilarious FYI <laughs> um, uh, yeah weird. anyway yeah so but I, I will say something that Mr Tardis said on YouTube if you guys don't watch Mr Tardis you absolutely should he did a ranking of the series one episodes and he was saying how when he was talking about this episode he finds it quite nostalgic now looking back at the creature design and like when they come in like, it's very nostalgic like I'm thinking of the toy box sets like yeah. I said, in Toys R Us and all of that, like, you know. And the face of Bo looks so young in this episode. I I forgot the face of Bo was in it, and every time I do the face of Bo, I always just go, oh, the face of Bo. Something I want to discuss, and it comes up later in the episode, but like we said, we don't go in order. We like to keep it fresh. We like to keep it moving and grooving. Cassandra. I want to talk about Cassandra for a hot minute because she's that bitch, first of all. I love Zoe Wanamaker to death. To death. Yeah. I love Cassandra. <sighs> she she is the camp. She's just the camp queen. She's the queen of camp. I honestly think, actually, in an episode where I'm more than willing to dig into the CGI, she actually looks really good. She still looks really good. Like, there's that one bit where, where Rose is looking at her for the first time. And there's that panning shot. And you can see the... Her veins are, like... Mm pulsing and it's really good yeah i I think i think it looks fantastic and yeah i watched this episode with my partner and he Mm. was like because he's seen doc two million times but he was like oh my god her brain's in a jar that's hilarious i'm like i know it's camp as heck and i love it yeah like completely impractical nonsense like how she's just a braid and a patch of skin but it's amazing it's so good but what i want to talk about and that no one talks about, no one talks about, except on Reddit, like once Ugh. every five years, Cassandra's trans, and we don't talk about that. Yeah, I, I forgot about that, and then she mentions it, and... She's like, when I was a oh. little boy on Earth. Yeah. And it's like, but why does no one talk about this? Which thing is, I guess, at the time, because, I mean, obviously, Cassandra as a, as a character is a wonderful, a wonderful, if very camp and silly critique of, like, plastic surgery and kind of obsessions with perfection and a part of me does wonder if at the time that was a sort of a socially accepted kind of what's the most ultimate way someone can be obsessed with like surgery and you know is our you know if we just want to say that they were a boy um but it's never said by her in a malicious way none of the characters react to it in a malicious enough way where actually it's aged really well as a comment yeah it actually has because she is trans yeah. And it's not a plot point. She just is yeah. who she is. And we accept that. And I think it's a really beautiful comment on... I mean, I don't know, this is just my opinion. And, you know, not going to go into full detail about it, but, like, the idea of, like, uh, uh, transphobes... Tra- transphobes? Mm. Transphobes? Transphobic people. Transphobes. Transphobes. Um, and the idea of, like... It's about what's in between your legs, and it's like, well, Cassandra actually doesn't have legs, yet we see yeah. her as a woman. Yeah. And I just think it's a really interesting thing. No, I'm no, going to no, write no, the yeah. dissertation tomorrow. <laughs> I uh, I also really think as well that, like, if, if this has just been our only episode, you might also go, oh, but, like, I, I'm not going to talk about New Earth, but, like, her arc in New Earth is a lot more optimistic, and she has a really nice end in yeah. New Earth, and that makes it feel a lot more worth it. 
Absolutely. Oh my god. But yeah, um, I just thought I just really wanted to bring that up because I feel like not enough people in the fandom talk about it. Not enough people give us Davis credit for in his second episode slipping camp icons soft sell in. Yeah. Because who bring actual Earth relics such as LPs of Britney Spears Toxic inspired, actually I mean, inspired. Even even now. So we, we're recording this only a couple of days after Apple has officially disbanded the last iPod. So the the joke is very, very silly, but yes, her being like, it's what the records call an iPod and it's a massive jukebox is very funny. I love it. And it, it really hit home with the death of the iPod. I was like, oh man. Cassandra, it was you so play funny. feelings like that. Yeah. I just love that whole bit. Oh yeah, it's great fun. Like the ostrich egg and her yeah. just not knowing anything about Earth's history. Yeah. Is... Very simple jokes, but they are very fun. Yeah, and then obviously the passing around of, you know, the spit from Hox of Bal... How do you say it? Hox of what? Mox of of Balhoon. Yeah. Which my phone get wanting to correct to Balloon. Balloon. Very, Um, very annoying. Balloon. Um, When... Was it... Was it again? Hox. Hox. Mox. Mox of Balhoon. When... When he spits at the doctor, I, I cackle every time. I just find that hilarious. Especially well, no, at Rose, at Rose, not at the say, doctor, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> what? What in the yeah. actual flippity doo is going on? I like all the gifts. They're really nice. I mean, you know, air from my lungs. Air from my lungs. And I love I love that that one tree for the Forest of Change just sort of goes, oh my, how intimate. Yeah, and then, you and know... Wow. And also, here's a casual cutting of my grandfather. <laughs> yeah, like that's not more intimate. Yeah. <laughs> me, me breathing on you, too intimate. Here's my he's... actual group of a grandfather. That's like that's like me being like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get you a birthday present. I just give you a kiss on the forehead. You've been like, blimey, that's intimate. Here's my granddad's severed finger. <laughs> happy, happy birthday. Literally. Please don't do that. Don't, please uh, don't do that. <laughs> Please don't. But yeah, you know, it's. I just love it. And then, you know, you get the eggs, the spheres. I mean, honestly, I, like, I know that they're a red herring, but yeah, like, there's never been more obvious we are the villains. Yeah. Villains for this episode. Just the, even the way they're like, a gift of peace. It's like, oh, In all so, good faith. You're so the bad guys. You're so the bad guys. It's like the claw coming out of the robe. Yeah. I like one of those metal spheres, I'm not going to lie. They're quite no, cool. they're cool. They're very cool. I love a sphere. Yeah. I love a sphere. Like in maths class, which I hated, um, <laughs> the sphere was my favourite because it was not complicated because it had no edges, no sides. It was literally a sphere. Okay, let's talk about the plumber because do you know what? She's my bestie. I really like her. And you know what? And I heard this. Maybe maybe this was Mr Tardis as well. No? Yes, it was Mr Tardis. So... Honestly, if he doesn't give us a shout-out for this, because I'm basically just ripping off information that I heard from his video. We're keeping the channel alive. I'm joking. That is a joke. <laughs> he is doing fine on his own. He's great. Hope he, hope he enjoys his honeymoon. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, considering that that was... I think, I, think, I think it's very obvious that it's kind of a scene that they shot to fill time. Yes. In the... I think Rose has some really interesting things to say. Well, actually, actually, let me stop you there, chum. I think this is showing us who Rose is because continually throughout the rest of her time on the show, she's always siding with the underdog. She's always, yeah, you know. 
I don't don't think it doesn't do anything. It does give us character, but I just yeah, like I don't know. It doesn't feel as it doesn't feel like it belongs in that part of the episode. I do like it. You know, I like it. it's a flavor. I like that you have to ask permission for them to speak, and that she's a bit like, well, why wouldn't I give you permission? Like, fine. But yeah, I feel like they're really hankering for her to get up into that vent to be killed. Killed. Like actually killed. <laughs> Breaking revelation. Mm. I think <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but you're going to find it interesting. Of course I am. And so is everybody at home. The the jumpsuit that she's wearing is the same jumpsuit that the games controller wears in Bad Wolf and Party of the Ways. Flip! Wait, hold on. But, like, her suit had loads of areas for, like, holes and things. So, obviously, I think it might have been modified. Yeah. But there's a bit when she gets dragged into the vent and you catch a bit of the trim. And and the one that she wears in Bad Wolf and Party of the Ways has that really ugly, like, trim going all the way down it. Right, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. it just looked a bit like that. And I don't know, maybe it's the same jumpsuit. Maybe they could literally afford a jumpsuit and they just... I mean, in Doctor Who, we love to recycle locations, so why not recycle costumes? Yeah, yeah. You know? Maybe, maybe they filmed. Yeah, maybe they filmed this first, and you know, gave gave her that jumpsuit, and then they took it away, and they added loads of air vent things into it, and then they put like more trim on it. Maybe. Yeah, because also a weird thing. I guess we'll talk about when we get to Babel parting of the ways. Uh, the trim on that jumpsuit, genuinely, just the whole design of the game makes you feel physically sick. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually horrible. not going to say more because I have a lot of thoughts about that. I have a lot of thoughts about that. Um, but astute technical observation, I actually really like seeing the vents because the CGI on spiders is not very good, but it's a really good example of how to make CGI more believable whilst also using practical. Yeah. Because the red light's on her face. Yeah. Which is someone, someone standing off camera with like a laser pointer for a cat sort of in her eyes. <laughs> I mean, I found it a bit, like, when I was younger, I did find it a bit eerie. Because obviously yeah. she's like, oh, hi. Da, da, da. I mean, first of all, I'm not that trusting. If I saw something weird, I'd be like, bye. And I'd shut yeah, the vent a, real a quick. metal spider. Yeah. yeah. And then two come. Yeah. And she's and still... She, but she can tell she's a bit worried. She's like, oh, you got yourself a friend. And then there's yeah. a third one. And she's like, oh. Oh, where are you coming from? And then... Death. She's like, no, no. And it's like, oh, bitch, come on. <laughs> but I, yeah, I love the red. I love the red dots on her face. Like that's really good. I really, I mean, we love. I love that kind of that cheesy kind of thing when it comes yeah. to like, yeah. And say so, yeah, it's a really good way to make your CGI effects seem more realistic. Is the have exactly those kind of blending of practical and CGI. Exactly. So, well done, Euroslin. Well done, Euroslin. It's not all terrible. Um, uh, I was gonna say, I really liked. I think it was straight after that. Is it when Rose is talking to a twig? Yes, yes. I mean, there's some a great one-liners times. in this episode. I mean, arguably the best one-liners ever. So when Nine and Rose have a conversation immediately after Rose talks to the twig, mm. the grandfather, sorry. Let's, all, let's have a bit of respect, guys. Do you know what I mean? Um, have a bit of respect. Uh, I d- it's like... I love they they kind of argue because obviously he's gotten carried away a little bit. She's like, did you not think like this would be a little bit? I, so I think last last episode, sorry, not last episode, the first episode. Yeah. Last canonical instalment of Camelot <laughs> Pod. <laughs> we we made a really big thing about how good uh, Billy Piper and Chris Ruckerson's chemistry is. Yes. And I think what's more impressive 
here is that they don't just have good chemistry. She really holds her own yeah. as an actor. Because yes. I mean, Chris Reckleston can shout and argue, and he does anger really well, and she yeah. really holds <clears> her <throat> own. And it never feels like she's being a moody teenager. You know, like no. they are genuinely having an argument, and it's really, really good. It's a really good scene. You just believe it. Do you know what I mean? Like You, yeah. you don't even question it. And uh, Chris is such a wonderful physical performer, and I really love the sort of stand-up and, like, moody walk down the steps that he does, and then he has to stand at the bottom of the steps with his hands in his pockets just looking miserable. Yeah. He does it so well. He's so good. And it's very... I mean, it's a very good scene anyway, but I just love, like... And then I... And I love that you know that he definitely feels bad because that's when he does the, the phone... Yeah. For her. Which I mean, we've yeah. already touched on, but I mean, you know, it's, you can tell that, like you say, I mean, it's probably not as comforting as it's meant to be in the scene, but I like that he can tell that he's made a mistake, so he now has to rectify it by yeah. doing something. Exactly, yeah. I I do think it's a little bit sort of like, because Rose is actually, Rose is very, very smart in this episode. She's very smart anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, even from the start, she's talking about like, for all well, you why? Rose haters, yeah, listen yeah. up. Yeah, come on. Like, give her a bit of credit. When she first thing she says when she looks at the earth, she's like, but it's like billions of years in the future. The continents are meant to have shifted. Like, she knows what she's talking about. Exactly. And also she watches news round. Yes. Uh, which I love. <laughs> I love. Uh, the, the, I mean, they had to get that in there because back then news round was the kids' well, news thing. Yeah, but she's like, you know, well, like 18, like... And she's oh, like, yeah, she's 19, she, yeah. Yeah, and she's like, oh, you know, news round says the sun takes, like, 2.5 billion years. Because I was like, you wouldn't news round. Okay. Um, <laughs> you watch... Rose, babe, you watch news round? Life of the unemployed. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, true. Ever, ever since my work blew up, I started watching news round. Um, so, yeah, all, with all of that, Rose is a very, very intelligent character, and I don't really understand why, other than for the bit to happen where he does her phone, why she sort of takes her phone out of her pocket. She stands there really uncomfortably for 10 seconds while she's like... Ah, oh, no signal. Out of range. It's like you're you're literally you're literally on a space station. Like it's a, I find it a bit hard to watch because she's yeah. definitely much smarter than that throughout the rest of the episode. And she's standing yeah. there making sure that she's not got signal while yeah. she's literally not on planet Earth. She, you, you, babe, you're literally in space. Come I mean on. I know that I know that it's part of the show and that you know, the doctor needs to go, Well, here's the instant here's the upgrade. Uh, but it's very funny that she does just stand there checking her phone being like, ah, oh, no signal. It's it's like, yeah. And also her phone has always fascinated me in series one. Like, it's like see-through with orange in it. It was very nostalgic when he took the back off and you've got like the camera still there and like, oh, yeah. massive battery and stuff. I was like, oh, you used to have a phone like that. In an episode of Amazing One-Liners, after Rosa's hung up the phone and she's like, that's amazing. I do really like... Eccleston's very understated. I think that's amazing. You want to see the bill? That was hilarious. Very, Another very line I didn't, f- I forgot to touch on, is when you know. I-, I think it may have been towards the start, or maybe not. Maybe I need to get my my memory checked. But when um, when the lady tree and the doctor are obviously having a little moment, and then Rose is like, "Okay, you two go and pollinate, <laughs> and I'll just." Yeah. Skedaddle. Uh, hilarious. Amazing. Rose is very funny in this episode. She's... No, okay, but, like, let's discuss. Because her, the, the conversation she has with Cassandra, 
again why I included it in the series one intro. Better to die than be like you, a bitchy trampoline. I'm sorry. And they get the word bitch into Doctor Who. Yeah. Pretty good. Fantastic. It's a great line. The height of camp. Um, The only bit around there that doesn't work for me in terms of jokes and one-liners is when when the Doctor's leaving and Rose is like, oh, yeah, go on, go pollinate. Um, First of all, (laughs) my note for that says the Doctor fancies a tree. Um, Yeah. But... I think she turns she turns to Cassandra and she says to the doctor she's like oh uh, you know you it's fine you go I'm I'm going to go talk to Michael Jackson I was a bit like oh. mm. wait when I, did I just not clock that yeah she calls Cassandra Michael Jackson which I mean for 2005 very oh! contemporary okay but here's the thing I've seen this episode a gajillion times why have I never picked up on that I, d- I don't think I'd ever really noticed it and then she said it no so I'm not joking like, I really have never noticed what I thought that's very close to the bone. Unless, of course, I've gone completely doolally. No, you're probably not. I've just not wasn't paying attention, even though I've seen it a million times. Yeah, it's a bit close to the bone, that one. A bit it? close to the bone. I'm not yeah. going to lie. At the time, not really. Now. No. Uh, but, but yeah, upsetting. like, that scene when they speak, and she's like, you know, I'm the last human, and Rose is like, absolutely not. You actually have no idea. Oh, and I, I adore the... No, the door's not... I can't finish that sentence because that's going to be terrible. I don't know if you've observed this, but thematically for the character of Cassandra, making her a terrible racist is uh, a very good way to give her a villain arc. This is true. Yeah. That's better yeah. than what I was going to say, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know, I just... There's something really horrible about the way when she's just like, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah, they've gone... They, yeah, they've gone... I'm the last pure human. Yeah. They've gone amongst the stars and bred and spread out, you know, and people call them, like, whatever it's like, semi-humans or whatever, and I call them mongrels. I was like, oh, I, like, I don't like you anyway, but, ugh. Going back slightly to... Yeah. The tree lady. hmm One thing I really love... A part of this episode I really love was when they're in the vent. Mm. And they're trying to, you know, fix whatever the hell's going on, you know, with a sun shield descending, sun shield rising. All that shit. I'll get to it. Um, yes. And they're in the... Uh, sorry, my impression was really good. Why did you not compliment me? That It was amazing. It was uncanny. So yeah, they're in the vent and then she finds out that he's a Time Lord. And that's the first proper kind of acknowledgement for another alien race that, oh, my God, we know what happened because it was, you know, the time war. Yeah, I love I, I love the, like, how subtle those hints are. Yeah. You know, she doesn't have to say it, but she's just like, I'm sorry. She puts her hand on his um, arm and, like, you know, just Chris doing that gorgeous acting, you know, on, a, on that close-up. Just. I also really liked the callback to the photo of him with the Titanic in episode one. Yeah, 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 literally. Yeah, it's like, oh, unsinkable. There's a ship that was unsinkable. Yeah, I was like, oh. But then again, the question still remains. How did you have time to go and do that? True. We'll never know. Um, And it didn't have Kylie Minogue in it, did it? And it didn't have Kylie Minogue in it. So infinitely more irrelevant. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, this is a a real event that happened. I need to check what I'm saying there. But there you go. (laughs) What? 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, I just really love that. And I think I love their interactions. Um, you know, Nine and the Tree Lady. Oh, yeah. 
Um, if she has a name, I'm sorry. I just really can't be asked to look it up right now, guys. We're keeping it cool. We're keeping it fresh and moving, like I said. That's going to be my excuse for everything. The tree lady. Yeah, it's cool. It's fresh. It's new. We're maverick broadcasters. We don't look up names. Names look us up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. For fuck's yeah. sake. Anyway, um, but yeah, I just, every little conversation they had, and you know, the way they connected in such a short amount of time, again, something yeah. that Russell is great at is developing those relationships within like 40 minutes, 45 minutes, however long the episode was. And um, you totally buy it. And like, I still get really emotional when Nine has to go through the like propeller bit mm. and she has to hold down the lever. Yeah. And she like burns to death. Yeah, it's really sad. But she she's only known him for what? 20 minutes? Pinto, you know, he, he breathed on her and that was intimacy and then she used one of her on the tendrils um, to whip the spider down yeah, and then she's like oh we're not meant to show those in public yeah and then he does that sort of you know like oh I won't tell anyone yeah but I but, love no but actually sorry can I just say the way he's like don't worry I won't tell anyone like Nine the Ninth Doctor is so fantastic at make he's like you know that best friend you have where you barely hug you never really show affection but they will literally defend you to the ends of the earth. That is what yeah. nine is. That's who nine is. Like no, barely any affection. A hug once a year. Yeah, or if you if you need it. Yeah, or if you need it. That's the kind of friend, like mm. it, the friend that you, the kind of friend you have. That's what nine is. You know. Yeah, like he's just a nice man. He's just so good. I, I, I just think Chris was on fire in this episode. Like so, this whole episode was the most doctory moment. Yeah, because I don't know where it fell in the filming block, but actually, there is not a moment. Unlike some other doctors, there isn't a moment where I'm like, ah, oh, this feels like Chris trying to find his feet. So to to my two my two next highlights are one one's really boring, one's really funny. So we'll do the boring one first because you're already yawning. Um, <laughs> I'm not, guys. I've been at work today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's because she knows I'm going to talk more about the classic series in a moment. No, um, no, no. Um, I, I actually, I really like the sort of practical curled up dead spider that yeah. Nine holds in his hand. Actually, that was, was really good. Cool. Yeah. Like, gotta maybe wish that it all been like little puppety robot things because it actually looks really sweet. I was like, oh, nice. That's a really cool looking I agree. Effect. I agree. One of my favourite, <laughs> would I say good effects? I'm not sure. I absolutely love and both hate the scene when Rose gets absolutely bitch slapped with a giant metal robot hand. That was... <laughs> I could leave it. Do you know what I mean? Because it really made me laugh. I don't know if that was the intention they were going for. No, it is funny. It's like... like yeah, just straight away. Straight with that big claw. Yeah. Again. Like, yeah. Ugh. And then oh. her being dragged off. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> It's like getting like getting hit by a lobster. Literally. Yeah. But um uh, yeah, and then you know, yeah, the whole flipping sun filter thing. And insane for the second episode of the revival series of Doctor Who and the third episode of the Gum Long Pond podcast. Yeah. Now streaming on all good surfaces. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> to have a finale set to a Britney Spears song. I'm sorry, I... I Inspired. Oh, flipping genius. Forget Carly Kloss, this is looking camp in the eye. <laughs> and if you get that reference, you're a real one. 
<laughs> it's still one of my favourite tweets of all time. Like, she she really said, I'm looking camp in the eye, and then came on the red carpet looking like that. Let me yeah. not go there. Russell, Russell T. Davis preferring to film the in, the entire revival series of Doctor Who looking camp right in the eye. Literally. If I was famous and I was going to the Met Gala, I would dread, I would bring some Cassandra realness. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you'd wear, like, your glasses on your forehead like Russell T. Davis. Oh, no, probably, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. So a thought crossed my mind when they started using Toxic. Yeah. Which was maybe the reason this episode has no budget is like maybe a lot of money went on securing the rights. Oh, I don't probably. Know. Like that must have cost so much money. And then it made me think, and this one again is for the sort of one person who listens who cares about the classic series of Doctor Who, because I'm going there again. Go there. Just go there. In Patrick Trevon's final story of his first series, Evil of the Daleks, there's a scene in a cafe where him and Jamie are sitting to discuss the fact that they've lost the TARDIS at Heathrow mm. Airport. At, wait, and, at Heathrow Airport as well? So the Faceless Ones takes place at Heathrow Airport. At the end of the Faceless Ones, Polly and Ben leave, and then the Doctor and Jamie go to leave, and the start of Evil of the Daleks starts with them going to leave the airport. Um, but as they do, the TARDIS gets taken away, so they don't have anything to do. They're just stuck at Heathrow Airport. Um, Heathrow would do that. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they eat at a cafe... And in the background is two songs, one of which I shit thee not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll reframe that. Uh, Carry on. Uh, is genuinely the song Paperback Writer by the Beatles. Oh my God, they must have literally put the entire budget into that. Or at least originally was it in the broadcast. I can't remember if it's there in the animation. I think in the animation, because there's two songs apparently, one of which is um, No One Knows The Trouble I've Seen, I can't remember who that's by, and that's definitely in the animation, and it's in a lot of the audio recordings because they literally have never been able to get the rights back to use that song. I reckon at the time, probably wasn't that, but I mean, like, what, that's... Well, yeah, at the time it wouldn't be, would it? Yeah, 60, like, 5, 64, um, and, yeah, like, you know, that was probably probably just something that they had banding around in the archives because the Beatles had done a couple of BBC sessions. But yeah, imagine that now. Like, that's insane. Imagine not being able to afford a Beatles song. That would be insane. But yeah, I love. I I do love that. That's still because obviously, like I say, series one of Doctor Who is so two thousand and five. It's like a time capsule of that era, mm. and obviously because it was made then. But do you know what I mean? Like, there's some things that you watch on TV or film, and you wouldn't think, oh, that even though that was shot at that time, you don't get that vibe of it whatsoever. I love that this is almost like a time capture of that time, because literally Toxic yeah. was one of the biggest songs of that year, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we love Britney. And of course, that leads into the reveal that Cassandra is the real villain. It just really surprised me, but I do I do like that the spiders crawl over to the, to the hooded figures, and then the Doctor, yeah, pulls their arms off and then is like, kicking it back over to Cassandra's going, go on, go on. That's quite... It's like, bitch, you thought. Bitch, you guessed it. (laughs) And then, uh, I've only got... I think... I didn't think much of this scene, Mm. clearly, but I've I've got three really specific uh, lines written down. Mm, which which, which uh, I love that Cassandra... When when the Doctor is in, I love that Cassandra says, I bet you were the school swat and you never got kissed. Yeah. I... uh, I mean, everybody loves... Equison's, what are you going to do? Moisturise me. Brilliant. Iconic. And, and a spot that I made in this episode, which I'd never heard before, is that uh, 
after she does the whole spiel about how you know it's money for her to get cosmetic surgery, which I mean I love anyway. I'm sure we can talk about that. I love that that's yeah. her villain motivations that she wants. That to is mad. Is it? I I always yeah. forgot that that was her motivation. Such a clever idea. So clever. I love that after she reveals that out of nowhere, the mocks of Balhoon calls her an infidel. <laughs> Yeah. And it really, really made me laugh. And I never noticed it before. He just sort of goes, ah, kill the infidel. I was like, like okay. I will say, every time he spoke, I, I had a little one of those giggles where you go, hee-hee, He's very cute. He's very cute and also an icon. But he will call you an infidel. He will just call you an infidel like it's <laughs> cash. Like it's absolutely not a problem. Whilst Britney Spears plays in the background. <laughs> The irony. What is this show? What is this actual show that we base our lives upon? I don't know. So then, I mean, yeah, we kind of touched on the, on the like, I don't, episode, I don't like the, the MacGuffin switch is at the end of a hallway where there's like big fans spinning and the Doctor has to kind of dodge them. It's a bit... Uh... But I love, but do you know what I love though? Because it, it's nostalgia, so maybe I don't love it and I like it for this, because of nostalgia, but the, 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 the nostalgia, sorry. Um... Sort of Bruce Forsyth. How dare you? Um, no, the the slow motion. How it's like frame by frame, like choppy slow mo. I yeah. love that. Um, and like Rose, like, that iconic shot of Rose looking all panicked. I do. That was actually something I think I picked up on this time though, and I'm curious to see how you. I do just like think that it's just a bit of a waste of like. I know that you can't have Rose in the position of the tree because Rose can't die. Is it just a bit of a waste to have her? Just sat in a room, being the damsel in distress. I do think that. I do think that. I think it would have been interesting to have... I mean, maybe maybe there was talks when they were developing the script, maybe, or writing it, that Rose was there with the two of them. Um, but then, obviously, having a 19-year-old witness someone burn to death is a bit extreme, isn't it? Yeah, I get not wanting her to be involved in that situation. But it is just a shame that she's not... She's she's a bit passive this episode. Do you know what would have been interesting? I've got an idea. If this episode was a bit further on in the season, mm. I get it because you know the show's just come back. This is literally the second episode of series one. Like we've barely gotten started here. I think it would be interesting if it was later on in the season to have Rose and the tree lady, them doing the the damn thing, and then nine yeah. stuck in a room. Like even just that would have been interesting actually. I think I would really, I would really like that. But, but obviously, you know, yeah, it's, we need the doctors to be quite active in this episode. Even if it was just something as basic as Rose actively like getting her way out of that situation, like yeah. the doctor's stake is about saving the whole station. So if yeah. she escapes the room, it doesn't really help. But if yeah. she only thinks it's affecting her room, then she can try and escape that room, and she can use a bit of intuition. Yeah. Basically, I was missing a. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I failed my maths. I failed my English. Yeah. I got no. Yeah, I got no job. I got no career. But I have got a bronze in the gymnastics. I was missing a bronze. I was missing a that moment. This she's episode. got the bronze, and in this episode, not quite. Not even. Not even Close. a participation trophy. She didn't even turn up. No, no I'm joking. No, she did turn up because she did stuff. But you know, you know what I'm saying. So I, mean, I agree with you. I mean, it's a total shame that the, the tree dies. I mean, yeah, you know, it gives it stakes and it gives it emotional weight, but it is like, oh, if you touch, yeah, if you touch, goes. Oh, and then when he 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 tells her two two friends slash associates slash potential lovers theory 
tell me if you think that because it was weird but then they're like really upset and it's, it's actually quite sad so he like goes up to them and like personally tells them but I always thought like what's their deal are they in a thruple mm. Mm. do you know what because it's Russell they are oh definitely yeah yeah, yeah. they are even so if, in a thruple yeah even if he couldn't say it it's there they're uh, bonking away I I think the only bit that I maybe actively that actively confuses me it's yeah. not a very confusing episode yeah. But what actively confuses me is when the Doctor, with his theme playing, uses, I don't know, Time Lord slow motion to get past the last fan. Okay, 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 okay. I'm really glad you brought it up because I forgot to put that down. I was going to write it down. What happens there? It's like it's like the end of... Uh, uh, for any sci-fi fans out here, uh, it's like the... Um, sci-fi fans listen to Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> Imagine. Um, it reminds me so much of the end of The Phantom Menace. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, when they're going through the like the weird laser grids, and then you get the bit where Qui Gon is meditating. Yeah, and it's like that. It's just a bit like what, what, why? It's like it's like it doesn't matter who you are. Those propellers are going at a mighty, mighty, mighty speed. How on earth did you go through that and not get chopped in half? Like I get chilling out as a Murray Gold is like the best. I mean, thing it's you ascending to another plane of existence. I'll give you that one. But but it it's the only bit of the episode where I'm actively like that's really weird yeah that's really strange that's really strange yeah I, I know what you mean yeah. yeah I know what you mean it is weird but we need they needed to kind of I guess maybe the maybe the aim of that seems to kind of show the audience that the doctor is the hero he can do anything which I don't know how I feel about that message but back then they needed to tell the show because hmm. they said I think when series one came out, it was a case of like, we're going to give you a season, but it was no guarantee that it was going to continue, right? Yeah, I and mean, that's why Nine has a really complete arc. It's so... If if they had a season, that was it. You could tell a story. You could go and watch series one, as it's now known, and you could watch it and you could get a full story from it. Yeah. Nine redeems himself and becomes the hero that we know again by the end of it. Yeah, exactly. Which I really like. Which, I mean, I love. But, yeah. yeah, I think that's probably why they did it. But it is silly. Mm. I'm really glad you brought that up because I was I actually forgot to write that down. It It's really, really silly. But a part of the ending that I do love, and I always go back to this, like, scene, and I always think about it, and it's one of my favourites. It really is one of my... It's actually probably... Mm. Oh, I'm about to go there. It's one of my favourite, if not my favourite, ending of an episode. Mm. You know, she's just... Rose has just seen the Earth die, right? Yeah. She's shook. She's really shook by it. Like... that. She's like, you know, that that's my planet. I'm in the future... Many, 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 many years in the future, and I'm actually seeing my planet die. And then, you know, the Doctor, like, takes her hand in that gorgeous shot. Even though the CGI is a bit ropey, let's ignore it. He takes her hand in that gorgeous wide shot, and then it takes her to Earth. And what I love about it, what I find really funny, and it's a very Doctor who thing, obviously it's not, it wasn't established then, but now it's established, She's feeling existential. She can tell she's feeling a little bit like, 
Wow. We really are a speck of dust in the atmosphere, like in, in the grand scheme of things. Like we're a speck of dust that doesn't matter. But then she probably realises when she smells the chips, right? When she smells the chips, she, it, I think in that moment she realises it's about the here and now, though. That's yeah. what it's about. And she realises, oh, my God, I'm going to kill you. Right. I should put a signing, uh, like a sign in the road going, we're filming a podcast. Be quiet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, you can see her mood shift when she smells the chips, which I just, I just Elliot, I love it so much. Oh, I, yeah, me too. Discuss, let's discuss. I mean, I love it because like you say, yeah, I just, if anything is going to whip around for her existential crises, chips, obviously. It just and makes like everything say, better. Uh, absolutely. And like you say, it's just such a revelation of like, no, it's here that matters, and like, it does. It doesn't matter if we're specks of dust. The fact that I could stand here now and I can smell something that I like, and you know, I can enjoy a very, very simple pastime. That's what's important. Uh, Beautifully put, mate. Beautifully and, put. And I love, I love how I love how playful it is. I love the, yeah, you know, when she's like, when she's like, yeah. You can pay. You can pay. It's like I haven't got any money. Come on, tight. What chips are on me? That's such a lovely. Oh. Elliot, I love it so much. I think it's my favourite ending to an episode. Especially because we, you know, like, Nine just willingly teleported Sandra back, let her dry out and explode in a very surprisingly bloody moment, actually. Well, yeah, actually, this is true. And then said, you know, because there's not too much to discuss there, I don't think. I mean, no. you know, there is for, like, Nine's character, you know, it, it, it's dark, but, you know, I feel like we're always like, oh, Nine's really dark. But, but then, like we said before, this is very much this is th- this guy has just come out of a war. He's yeah. fresh out of conflict. And I love the thing is, I love that they don't have to wait till the next episode or a few episodes to kind of show the the conflict in them because yeah, he what is he looked Rose in the eye, and I think I've got the line written down. He says, "It's a everything has its time and everything dies." And you go, yeah. horrible, really horrible. Yeah, but then. I don't know, it's almost like the episode The episode comes full circle where at the start he's like showing off and he's like, you know, oh, it's cool, we're going to watch the Earth blow up. And then she's like, you know, but I don't, I don't want to watch the Earth blow up. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll do this nice thing for you. I'll give you your phone. No, at the end, it's like, no, everything dies, who cares? And then she's like, well, that's really horrible. He's like, oh, okay, I'll take you back to Earth. And, you, know, like, you can just tell that he realises when he's going too far with the alien exactly. stuff. And I really like it. And it is a really cool line. Like, as horrible as it is, just like he says it, it's like, just like having Chris's performance, just like he says, it's like every, everything has its time and everything dies. You're like, yeah. Ooh. You're like, oh, Chris, bestie. But yeah, I'm glad that that's not the taste that the episode leaves you on. I'm glad that they yeah. do little, like, and you know, it's the doctor and he's always going to be hopeful. Like, deep down, it's there. Just because Nine can let someone die doesn't also mean that he's incapable of humanity. And Yeah. And it shows that vengeful streak that carries on even over to, you know, Tenant and Family Blood and Time Lord Victorious stuff. Exactly. It, it really actually sets up that character going forward, almost as if Ross Two Davis is a really, really good writer. It's almost like he knows what he's doing. Oh my god, imagine. Oh my god, imagine and know what you're doing. Could but not be yeah, us. couldn't be us. <laughs> Definitely couldn't be me. I can't write for shit. Um but yeah, I think you know, like when he you know in Rose like we're slightly backtracking a bit but it's important I think to touch on like when when Rose is like watching Cassandra like dry up when she leave first of all Cassandra why did you leave your teleport device close that close by like chill oh yeah that was a that was an oversight babe 
But then it's like when Rose is like seeing it, she's drying up and she's like, oh, just help her, please. Like even after everything Rose said to Cassandra, like obliterated her ego, called her a bitchy trampoline. She's like, I don't care what she's done. I know she tried to kill us, but I can't watch someone die. I can't do it. And rather that's who Rose is. Rose can't, she's inherently so good. And I love that yeah. about her. Absolutely. And that, that's something I really, really loved about it. But then obviously the doctor just walks off like pff, people die is what it is, you know. Again, like I said, because he's fresh out of this conflict and he's still yeah. very, you know. And that gives it a good setup as well for like, because you've had the tree talk about him at the time war, it gives it a good setup for him then talking about the time war to Rose. Because if he just mentioned it, it would feel weird. But the fact that he's already told her that he's like, oh, people die. Yeah. It then gives him reason to be like, here's why I said that like five minutes ago. Yeah, my planet's gone. Yeah. Um, and it's so beautiful. And also, fun fun fact uh, mm. that might get me ridiculed. Um, <laughs> so, so I grew up with that era of the show. Yeah. Uh, and I sort of didn't watch much of it past 10, really. Yeah. So actually, it wasn't until I watched the first classic Doctor Who I ever watched, other than one story, was I watched the entirety of Tom Baker's first uh, series, yeah. series 12. Yeah. Uh, and a Time Lord showed up, and I was like, oh, I didn't realise that the Time War was a sort of Russell T. Davis bit of canon. Yeah, neither did I, yeah. Until, like, four years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four no, or five years. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I always thought that was, like, an innate bit of the Doctor's past and his character. To be fair, I could have left you in the lurch with that one. I could have been like, you didn't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassing. Imagine, imagine not knowing that. Imagine not yeah. that, yeah. Um, if anyone's interested, start with Genesis, the Daleks, the time the Time Lords dispatch you on a mission. Yeah. Uh, but no one, no one asked. Nobody um, asked. Literally no. But yeah, I remember them like, being like, he'd be like, oh my God, a Time Lord. And I was like, what? But they, they all died. Should this not be more sort of yeah, 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 yeah. grandiose? And then obviously realised that no, it was just part of the show. Yeah, they're, they're literally still alive. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. They're alive like, and thriving at that so point. Well, well done, Russell. Well done. But yeah, I love. I do love. I just oh, I love. Yeah, I'm gonna stop droning on about it because that last scene is gorgeous. It's just gorgeous the way it's shot as well. Mm. Like that last shot of them walking away, holding hands, is stunning. And it feels like a throwback to episode one, with him taking Rose's hand and standing sort of outside the Powell Estate and being like. Can you feel the earth moving? Can you feel yeah, it turning? Yeah, 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 I can. Because they're standing, holding hands in the street as he's talking to her about... Yeah. Like, the earth and people. So <laughs> Exactly. It all comes full circle. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. So now, that leads me on to a question. We're at the end of the episode. We're at the end of the episode. M- my friend, Chum. Chum compadre. Chum padre. Chum padre. Yeah. Fuck me. Right. Anyway, um... <laughs> What mm-hmm. was your standout moment from the episode? Oh, my standout moment. Actually, can I say mine quickly? Because it's literally, we just talked about it, the last scene. Okay, okay. So, you go. Um, Our criteria for it being a standout is so loose, uh, which I like because it gives me a lot of freedom. Yes. And oh, there's a couple of... A couple of contenders for me though it might be i don't want to i don't want to copy you but i'm going to include the scene before it because i forgot how in an episode that's plodding and meandering and i mean 
bores me to ever-loving tears. Um, <laughs> so I you pre- wouldn't get that vibe after listening to this. That's why it's nice because I don't want to go through the half stuff and be like, oh, this is shit, boring, isn't it? Like, you know, like, that's all we're about. You know, yeah. we don't talk. We don't talk about it. We're gonna have some fun talking about it. But dear listeners, I do not like this episode. Yeah. Um, if you do, cool. I understand why. Steeped in the nostalgia, the first fifteen minutes go by like a breeze. The next thirty, oh my god, that's fair. <laughs> they go so slow. Uh, but. My stand, yeah, my stand-up moment would be the last scene, but also the scene before it, because I forgot how, say, in an episode where everything's a bit kind of bleh, I forgot how really cool it is that yeah. Nine is happy to let someone blow up, and yeah. Rose is like, don't let someone blow up, and then he's like, well, people die. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, and then the scene afterwards is beautiful. We've already touched on it enough. Exactly. And like I said, my standout is that scene, and I don't want to repeat myself, so there you go. But in the spirit of negativity, seeing as I'm old Uncle Scrooge this time, <laughs> uh, is there is there a specifically is there a specific moment that stood out as really not working for you? I can answer this really easily. Mm-hmm. The sun, the sun thing. What's it called? Oh yeah, the shield thing. The sun shield visor. The, the thing that doesn't work for me mm-hmm. is the sun filter, like oh, I mentioned okay. before. Yeah, because. A point my boyfriend made. Oh. You should probably replace me on the podcast because I'm shit. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I love your boyfriend, but we don't have the same level of chemistry. This is true. No. It's you not the same, bestie. It's not the same, bestie. But um, he said, quite rightly so, he was like, but why does that exist? Why would you want the sun filter to fucking descend or ascend? Or do you just want it to not... Do anything. Just stay there. Yeah. I guess at least, yeah, if you're if you're taking that space station and you're orbiting around you know you you know it's gonna be orbited around a planet where the sun's expanding, you probably just want to make sure that there's not a way you can turn that off really. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, essentially the sun filter should remain stationary. <laughs> and I found it really silly, like I was just like, why is that a thing? And then, you know, the room is burnt to a crisp. How is it still Okay, after that. Sun filter, rising. Like, rising? What do you mean, rising? I thought it was <laughs> incinerated, anyway. But, uh, do you actually, a fun fact that I think I've just remembered... Yes. Um, ...that I was going to bring up earlier, mm. and I forgot. Mm. Uh, and, I mean, you're going to love this. It's the first time you're hearing this. Yes. Um, is it just me? Am I crazy? And I haven't done the research, and I can do the research if you want me to. Um, but you're not here to listen to research. No. Listen, listener. God, no. We don't, know think... we don't know the tree lady's name, for, f- for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Research. I don't know her. <laughs> More like tree search, all right? Oh, um, my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Am I crazy? Or is the voice of the sun filter computer AI thing in here the same as the base in the Satan pit? They sound Ooh. the same. That kind of... They do sun, a little bit. That sort of sun filter rising, open door. My impression's better. It no. is, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, you, you, you get the point. I get the gist. You get the gist, yeah. You know, the the fact that she says, sun filter rising. rising. Thank you. And then she says, <laughs> open door. 14. Thank you. Yeah, perfect, excellent. Perfect, um, excellent. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think he probably is the same person. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Probably, but yeah, that that just doesn't work for me in any way, shape, or form. It's silly. It is very silly. Silly. Yeah. 
I agree. Very silly. Yeah. What about you? Uh, Pick one. Let's say five. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be really I'm gonna be really really annoying and say uh, something so nitpicky. Go on. But it's something I'm gonna bring up again in the future. Yeah. Tardis console inconsistency. Oh. So that ball thing that he drops in there and then uses. Nah, he never uses that again to travel forward in time. And it reminds me of how in a later story there's that big button on the console mm. that sort of gets pressed at different points and it seems to do like something with the landing and at one point the master presses it and it's a microphone but that's the button they use to like land and stabilize i just don't like when they do i agree big... it is a bit it, annoying it, it gets on my nerves i don't like it i don't know why i don't know why it's just like it's like why why make such a big thing of him like spinning that ball in the thing if he's never literally going to use it again exactly and if i'm going to travel in the tardis which i obviously am i want to know what i'm doing so like yeah. don't make me look like a fool doctor don't do that William Hartnell did not suffer through the grimaces of production staff who were like, who cares what each lever does? And he was like, no, the children will know that that opens the doors and I'm using it now as the brakes. They will know. He didn't suffer through that. For me, to be sat here in my mid-twenties recording a podcast about how <laughs> Russell T. Davis, yeah, the best the best showrunner that Doctor Who's ever had, he doesn't even know how the fucking consult works. He does I'm sick it. of it. Yeah. Also, is that William Hartnell's story true? Yeah, sorry, I should I should uh, say I I'm, I'm joking. I I don't care. I just couldn't think of anything else to nitpick in this episode. But yeah, it is true. Genuinely, um, they would like they would try to get him to like reuse the same buttons, and he was always against it because he was like, oh no, like the you know, the kids at home they they will know the show so well they will know that that's the button that opens the doors, and if they see me using that when I'm you know I don't know using the brakes, they will know that that's the wrong button. It's true, though. That's why it has, like, ticker tape over, like, all of them. That's, you know, like, why they're all individually labelled. Those are William Hartnell. Yeah, that, that's... Yeah. I love that. Mm. Well it's done. Awesome. Well, well done. done. Well done, Bill. If you can hear us up there. Well Al. done, that man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. One of only two Doctor Who actors to have died, did you know? Yeah, did you yeah. know, guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, death isn't funny. Anyway, anyway. Right. Right. Uh, Elliot. Yeah. Favourite line, pal. Ooh. And there's so many to choose from. That's the thing, yeah, because I don't necessarily know. If I, I, oh, I don't know if I want it to be one of the ones that, like, I've said already, because I've said some pretty. You pretty can, ones. you absolutely can say one you said. Oh, I know, because I wrote it down and I didn't get to uh, say it. Because I could pick loads of them. I could pick loads of them. I could pick, you know, Jackie asking Rose if she's hungover. I could pick, you know, some of the ones we did talk about, but. What I love is right at the start of the episode when the Doctor's like, you know, walking through the space station, and he's like, "Oh, you know, this is this is where the uh, the great and the good are coming to watch the uh, yeah, the sun expand." And he goes, "Well, I say great and the good by that, I mean rich." Oh, like, hot oh. take! I just I love that so much. The Ninth Doctor, anti-capitalist hero, king of hot takes, absolutely. It's like I bet you, I bet he's really proud of that one. Yeah, no, yeah. so good. Yeah, but tell me, what's your favourite line? My favourite line, pal, is simply, and I don't think we're anyone surprised, when Rose is like, I want chips. <laughs> the way she says it, the cadence, the tone, the timing, perfection. I'm pretty sure I've heard you say that before as well. I have. Or <laughs> cake. I love cake. Of all forms. Except Battenberg, don't be nasty. I'll, Disgusting. I like Batman. Or anything with raisins. Oh, you're killing me here. I'm killing you. Sorry. Yeah. But Bat- last I... last point. Mm-hmm. 
before we give our score for the episode, most doctory moment. For me, it would be the gift of air from my lungs. That's very doctory. Like the, that is a, that's a Matt Smithy thing as well, I think. Mm, yeah, I can imagine silly, yeah. him being like, oh, um, air from my lungs. <sighs> that's, yeah. I was trying to be camp with my voice and I couldn't do it. And then, and then she'd go, oh, that's very, that's very into it. You'd go, oh, is it? Ding dong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry, Matt Smith, we love you, bestie. <laughs> no, yeah, I love it. It's just, that's a, it's a little in joke, one of my favourite lines from the series that we'll get to. We'll get to, um, oh, flipping hell, yeah. I love it. Yeah. But yeah. What's, they... what's my most doctory moment, I hear you ask? Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, no, go on, go on. Um, because I can't believe we didn't touch on it. It's got to be the introduction of the psychic paper. Oh... Yeah, I mean, what's there to say about the psychic paper other than it? It's a really cool idea. It's so cool. And I used to it's have... It's so good! I used to own a psychic paper. Yeah. I used to have the sonic screwdriver that had the invisible ink pen on the bottom of it. <gasps> I wanted that! And I used to write on it and you could, like, write on it and then you could shine the end of the sonic screwdriver over it and you could see the message Dude. you've written in invisible ink. Yeah. You've just unwoken a memory. Ooh, my brain's working. I can feel it awakening. <laughs> I actually remember that. Two hours recording a podcast, not enough. Me talking about child, uh, children's toys from 2005. She's awake. I'm awake. Yeah. She's awake. <laughs> um, no, I wanted that. Do you know what I had to do? Again, pull out the mini violins. Um, my dad had an old wallet that was brown leather mm. and he didn't use it anymore. And it had a massive section where you could put a photo in. Yeah. That was my pretend psychic paper. Because... That's- it's more wholesome, in a way. Like, it's, it's sweet. Do you know what? I actually put the effort in. So, yeah. get out of here. Yeah, I just had the toy. You just know? like had the had, toy. Ugh, had, unoriginal. You had, to, you had to make it, you know. Um, like... Because I did play the doctor in school. Oh, really? In the playground, I didn't play Rose or Martha or Donna. I, I didn't play the companion. Yeah. I played the doctor. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I respect that. With my fake, fake psychic paper. Psychic paper. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. And then one Christmas, I actually did get the sonic screwdriver, actually, side note. Hell yeah. And I was crying. I actually cried, I think. So, next week, we're going to be talking about Unquiet Dead, which is the third episode of series one. I'm looking forward to it. Are we going to be so unquiet? We're going to be literally the loudest we've ever been. Absolutely. Is that possible? And the chat will not be dead. No, definitely not dead. Absolutely not. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening, my lovelies. And we will catch you next time. It's been lovely talking to you. Same to you, my lovely. And in the meantime, I give you air from my lungs. <laughs>